so John, you and I have had a theory um, from the beginning of the podcast. Yes, that the Eagles are pure yacht rock. <laughs> no, 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 not that one. That, yeah, that, uh, we did have that at one point. No, but <laughs> the theory being um, kind of a discovery we made along the way, which is that at the time it seemed like virtually every artist of any stripe was sort of dipping a toe in the harbor, as we say. So you might be a uh, Kenny Rogers, a Dolly Parton, Glenn right. Campbell, Art Garfunkel. And then even today, this phenomenon still holds true. We talked to M. Griner a couple weeks ago, and suddenly right. she's found Yacht. And so um, I guess it was just a matter of time before Yacht Rock made its way to acapella. Yeah. <laughs> and we have got one of the foremost um I guess acapella groups with us today, at least two of the members. Do we not? We do. We have two yeah. two ninths. I was told there would be no <laughs> one after, uh two yeah. ninths. I don't think I could reduce that fraction any further. No, you cannot. Of acapella supergroup Straight No Chaser. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hey. Hey guys. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Right. So okay. we've got Jasper and Jerome. Um, introduce yourself and tell us uh, what your role is in the group before we dive into the yachtiness. Yeah, my name's Jasper Smith. I'm a, uh, I call myself a baritoner in the group. I kind of cover a little bit of the, the, the low, higher, higher to mid range kind of stuff. Hey, my name is Jerome Collins. I am one of the founding members of Straight Note Chaser. Uh, my part would be uh, I'm a tenor one, tenor two, um, and a lot of lead. So okay, it's, it's a, it's it's the it's the hard work of the job of the group. <laughs> Jasper's got the easy. Jasper's uh. the easiest. Man, you're already throwing shade at him too, saying I'm an original member. Yeah. Yeah. Original member. Yeah. Says the guy that just has to learn solos and not individual <laughs> parts. Okay, yeah. this is how it's going to be. I thought right. we were going to be in harmony here. John hit the bell. All right, bing, bing, bing. <laughs> yes. yeah. Okay, so for those who aren't aware, so originally you guys uh, formed as an acapella group in Indiana University, correct? What year yes, was that? Sir. 1996, uh, we were all part of a bigger show choir. We were called, we came out of the Singing Hoosiers. Now, Singing Hoosiers was a mixed men's and women's chorus. Um, but needless to say, we, we kind of were bored with seeing chorus music, choir music. Um, and so we formed this group. One of the guys came up, Dan Ponce, who was the original member of the group who started the group, um, said, Hey, a bunch of my friends go to schools and they have these acapella groups and they get tons of food, free food, and they meet tons of girls. So, <laughs> so naturally some college kids, what's easier than, than getting, you didn't have to add, you didn't have to convince any of us. We signed on the dotted line immediately. Um, and it held true, literally something that we started as a fun group and it got bigger than our whole imagined life that we'd ever be this big, this big doing, doing something. We started off just for food and girls. So, so wait a minute now acapella groups get girls i thought the guitar player got girls and the lead singer got girls now i, I guess you're going to make the case that all of you all nine of you are lead singers right is that it no 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 absolutely <laughs> not um um jash was more of the old ringo star you know just you know ringo <laughs> yeah. was, you know ringo ringo was cute and all good looking guy but you know you know who got it all paul and john baby that's who <laughs> love went <you> know? <laughs> I'll just say this. It made it a lot easier in college to walk up to sororities and say, hey, can we come in? We want to sing you a song. Very true. Very true. Nice, Jasper. Good answer. Yes. And singing they have been. So just uh, a quick uh, rundown of the factoids that I have in front of me. Three million albums sold worldwide. Uh, more than a billion streams just on Pandora. Uh, you may know what the Spotify numbers are. I do not have that. 1.5 million concerts. Tickets sold worldwide. I mean, this is 
you guys are a big deal, man. Two nights or yeah. nine nights. Yeah, we, we, we you know we were fortunate enough to get we have two gold albums, you know, uh hanging up on the wall. Mm. And it's it's just something that acapella this genre is starting to take off a little bit more. And uh, you know, groups like ourselves and um, yeah, uh, some of those, some of those other groups have you know yeah. we we're just kind of paving the way for it and as you show these tv shows like this thing off you look around college campuses there's we we're doing so many master classes with all these acapella groups are just starting and they're starting and it makes us really feel old when i said i used to listen to you guys in elementary school Mm. So, but that's kind of a cool thing. I'm pinching myself to know that, you know, that we've left a legacy like that, that people have heard us from elementary school and now they're in their college choir, college acapella group and singing the songs. That, and look, it's so amazing to hear all of our arrangements and songs being done. I'm like, wait, you know, that's the whole point of it. We, we, we got our, we got our start by stealing music. So why not them steal from us? So that, but they're, <laughs> they're, it's, it's a, it's a great thing to see. And it means, it means a lot to us that we have been, a part of this from the very beginning and uh, continue to be a driving force in the acapella world. I want to uh, talk about the new album. The new album, um, I mean, that, that's why you're here on this podcast. Obviously, the Yacht Rock Connection. It's called Yacht on the Rocks. And for me, that ain't no big surprise. But ha, ha, ha. <laughs> anyway, um, giving this a listen, you guys sent it to us ahead of time. And it's an amazing headphone listen. I want to encourage people when this comes out, the headphone listen, there is so much stereo interest going on and you get a much more up close sort of uh, listen on what's going on with the the drums. I use that in quotes. Um, some of the other instrumentation, the way the bass is articulated, being that all this is done with voices that people have to understand that it's not them singing against a band such as what we might think of Manhattan Transfer. You're creating all of the voices with this. And so the first time through for me was a really interesting adventure of saying, okay, knowing what song is going to come next, the question I had in mind was, are they going to completely reinvent this or are they going to take the core of the feel and the instrumentation of what was in the original and you're just going to do it all with voices? And I think of like the guitars on Hold the Line where you're doing Hold the Line, zhang, 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 with your voices. Hold the line. process of how you decide how you're going to do a song what is the genesis how do you then decide how to dole out the the sort of the duties yeah it's it's um it, it's a really democratic process to be honest i mean we um we've loved yacht rock as a genre just for years i mean in in my time having been in straightener chaser at any given time backstage while we're on the road it's usually Jerome, but someone's blaring some kind of yacht rock song. You know, you'll hear some ambrosia pumping out or some hollow notes coming out of uh coming out of Jerome, you know, she's gone. And it's like that, yeah. you know, just always, always listening to that. And uh so we finally decided we wanted to do this. And uh essentially, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Rome, but it, you know, it was just saying, Okay, what yacht rock songs do we love? Guys who want to arrange stuff, just go and arrange this stuff and bring it back to the group. And it was just like a yes, yes or no. And it just kind of was just a train that rolled from there. And, and the piggyback off that, uh, piggyback off of that is, um, we like to take music that you listen to and give it a little bit of a twist. 
you know, it's going to be a little different being a cappella, but we'd like to take some songs, as you can hear in this album, that we've gone a completely different way with. Um, staying true to the song, to the melodies, and but we'd like to just give it a little something that makes you say, ooh, I might not have known or heard that coming. Uh, and, you know, Jasper's right. This, this, this album was originally going to be called Jerome's Dressing Room. Because um, it, it is, it, it is some of it is some of my favorite music of all time. Um, it's 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 like this white stole that you just. It took a long time for me to even realize that some of these artists were white. I was like, what? You know? Like but it's just it's just Bobby a vibe. Caldwell. Exactly. Yeah. And then people walk and people every time somebody walks by my dressing room, whether it be somebody in our crew, somebody at the venue, or anybody, they always stop and say, "Oh." I love that song or that's a good part or that, that takes me back to a time, you know? So I think for this, it's more nostalgic. It's going to take you back someplace that you remember a time in life where you were and like, yeah, I remember that, man. I can't believe I was wearing them type of clothes, but damn, I was, I was, <laughs> I, I was in it, you know? Uh, yeah. So yeah, we, so that's what, um, you know, thanks for noticing that. That's what we want to do. We want to give you a different take of what you're used to from original song. Well, who's in charge of, is it always the same guy that's in charge of doing the bass and one guy that does all the drum stuff? Is that specific to uh, certain members of the group? Left the shack, but that was all he missed, and he ain't coming back. Yes, we have one bass named Randy Stein, who's our main bass, and then we have we have a couple guys that will do the vocal progression, but we have a guy named Freedom that, I mean, once the people are listening, you know, my family swears to me, they there's no way that there's not a real drum or a real cymbal in there. Yeah. It's just, it's yep. just, it's, it's just is what it is. When you come see us and you see us and listen to us live, know that we are, there's no tricks. There's no man behind the curtain. What you see is what you get, you know I mean? And, and, and it's, and it's even more so in our live show. Because we're breaking that fourth wall, we're bringing you into the show. We're not singing for you, you know. We're not sing, you know, we're singing at you. We're singing for you. And I think that people get to see the camaraderie that we all share, and it shares in our music. We're smiling. I was smiling singing some of these songs. You can <laughs> oh, hear sure. and enjoy. Yeah. So going back to Randy, because I'm something of a bass player. I have a music band right there, so that proves I at least know what a bass is. Um, <laughs> does Randy have any bass guitar background? I think I'm the only one with bass guitar background. I, th I think Randy's just a uh, just uh, always an, always been a singer. I don't think he plays anything, right, Jerome? Yeah, I mean, he, I know he's he's trumpet. He's David Matthews band, so I know he tries to trumpet guitar. But there's a, there's so many times in this record. Well, first of all, just overall the attention to detail is something that yeah. is like, oh my gosh, like and, and I know there's simple lines that Joe Puerto, the bass player of Ambrosia, would play, and you're bass player is mimicking them one in particular i gotta pull out though john so the mashup when you do bobby caldwell is what you won't do for love and then you go into just the two of us and yep. there's an iconic recognizable bass line john it said about three minutes you could drop it in and my whole body melted when i heard to do just the two of us we can make it if we try just the two of us Marcus Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Baby. So yeah, that, now that's an appreciation for the entire, you, you didn't just take these songs and say, how would an acapella group do it? It's like, you took the song, how would an acapella group pay service to the song? It's like, you're keeping some of that original attention to detail. You have to, 
Yeah, absolutely. To, yeah. And I think that's, I think that's, um, partially based on Randy's skill set, but also part of our, um, producer, Nick, uh, from Yacht Rock Review. He was our, our producer on this, on this album. And I remember him specifically saying about that baseline, like during the production, he was like, we have to have that bass fill and that baseline in there as we're going through, because that's going to be a moment that people will notice. I love that you, that I you did. that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to ask real quick about Nick, because um, I didn't realize he was a music producer. What could you explain his role? Um, was he very hands-on as a producer? Was he in the booth the entire time? Was he arranging? He was, he was all of those things. He was probably one of the best producers we've ever worked with. And we've worked a lot. Um, wow. This man, this man held our hand from the start of this project to the end of it. He gave, he even gave insight on the things we should say as far as pr- uh, promoting uh, promoting a song. But the fact is, he eat, slept, and 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 just bred this soul with us for so long. He would sit in that studio a min- minute we get, and he just he'd stop me, be like, "I hear, oh wait, I hear it a little better." And he he bring out he would bring out some of the best stuff that we were doing. I'm I was impressed with him as a producer because he's very knowledgeable about the music. Obviously about yacht rock, he's in the yacht rock review. But he was knowledgeable about the things you touched on. We cannot leave these parts out. We can't live this out just because a voice is supposed to be there. You know, uh, you know, you need to, you need to continue. These are iconic parts that people are going to sing. They sing back, you know, with real in the years. You He's just such he's just such a disciple of of the yacht rock genre right you know and so he would sit in there for hours and comp tracks and you know with with spend so much time with these tracks to make sure they were just exactly the vibe first that- one in last one to leave literally i mean he would be texting me texting me at 12 30 man i just finished your i got done at nine o'clock text me at 12 30 man you, you you took me somewhere with that now i want to come in tomorrow let's do a little something different i was like wow you know he was and then He'd be there again in the next morning, early in the morning, late at night. It's just what he did. He said, this is what you guys paid me to do a job and I'm going to do my, do my job. And he did, he did. I think that's what makes it work so well is that you, you've made it so that those other parts, the quote that people don't notice, you know, most people listen, they just hear the vocals. And in, in the, even in that case, they generally only hear the lead vocal, but you've made these other parts matter. Tom mentions the bass and for me, the drums, you know, I'm uh, such a mouth drummer too, <laughs> because I've been mimicking drum fills all the time. But when I heard the intro to uh, easy lover <laughs> and you've got those drum fills mimicking the Phil Collins fills, those matter to the listener as opposed to just sort of whitewashing it and getting straight to the vocal i love that yeah that's well man, that's what this and that's what we hope the listeners and the people and the people that do mm-hmm. buy this album they, they recognize that we're not just mimicking and singing yacht rock songs we're keeping them true traditional we give you a little bit of a twist but we want to make some of those some of those parts just like you said for me i'm a baseline guy so you know if i don't if i don't hear the baseline that i'm continuing used to you know like uh, you know that roof is do, 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 those bass lines are, are so iconic and and you're so something that kind of keeps the song going you can't got no <laughs> that baseline is so recognizable you know tell me something good so we want to yep. make sure that we're 
sticking true to that, but also giving you just a little, di- just a little, little taste of, of what we do. Well, you even made it bounce. I mean, I had to wait two minutes for the doobie bounce to kick in and what a fool believes. But when it does, it bounces. Keep sending him somewhere back in her long ago. What I love about, so we're talking about what a fool believes, is so it's it opens with the live Kenny Loggins, right, the outside wood, yeah, at the Redwoods, Redwoods version. version. I'm right. like, oh, they're doing this one. And then halfway through, I think, ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, you guys are going to want to hire me by the end of this, I realize. <laughs> <laughs> then you start doing the synth lines in the Doobie yeah. Brothers version, and it was killer. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. So I I had we had started talking about this, and Tyler Trepp's one of our, our great arrangers and, and tenors in the group. And he said he wanted to do that song, and I sent him that. Oh, you did? I didn't know that because I, I love that whole did. album. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when he did that yeah. version, I was like, "Yeah, go ahead, finish." Yeah, that that version of that tune, and um, mm. and this is it off of that album mm-hmm. is just yeah. so grooving, and uh, I, I just thought that that was so cool with with Kenny starting out and Michael McDonald coming in, uh, had a place in his life, you know that that kind of thing, and. It just makes it move so much more. Like I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Like that version of that me song too, is just the the tops for me. It was one of the harder songs to sing for me personally, um, just because we we take it up a a a full step. I think we take it up. I don't think it's the original, but whatever. It was one of the harder harder ones to sing. But it was one of the ones that I remember in the studio. I look up. I close my eyes when I sing. Oh, look up. And everybody's bopping their head and everybody's grooving. I'm like, see, this is why we're doing it. See, this was, and, and it's different from us. So we, we've been pigeonholed as a Christmas group. We have gotten our success from the 12 days of Christmas. So granted, people have known us for Christmas. Every year we're, we're, we're selling out our Christmas tour and people have made us their Christmas tradition. So this was our chance to finally step out and say, hey, we are more than a one trick pony. This was our first chance at trying um you know an, another album besides christmas and i think it's, yeah and you can fill up those summer dates now business reason you need to join the management team john you know what you're talking about and i'm gonna be the 10th singer i'll do the oop, 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 oop. this is perfect yeah that'll make the fractions too easy though we'll stick with nine yes well, Jerome, you mentioned something that I was going to ask you guys about. So let's just establish for the record that you guys are phenomenal singers, been doing this your entire life, but you've got nine male voices. And I'm just curious, and maybe this is an insult to even ask the question, but as you're finding yourself trying to replicate the likes of David Pack, Kenny Loggins, Bobby Kimball, who are all working so well in their upper register, were there things that you explored and you maybe learned about your own voices that you didn't realize was there or? Is there things that you maybe have a new appreciation for the stuff that came out 40 years ago? And I think that's why I gave a lot of appreciation to Nick because he was able to pull those things out. You know, he first came to me, he was like, Hey man, I think I need to take this up a full step. It's higher than, you know, higher than what he's done. But you know, are you okay with that? Are you, you know, he wanted to, he, he pushed, that's why I love, he pushed the limits of, of some of our vocal uh, abilities. I, I, I see what you're doing here. He even told me at a point, he's like, you're hitting it too hard. Give him that soft prettiness. Then go in hard. It was like, yes, someone that is putting me in my place in the musical studio and showing me the way that, and it just, and just, and to listen back and then it, to hear the other guy say, man, I heard your voice in a different light than I've ever heard it, man. You know, you weren't always, you did, did it's like this, this restraint that you had that we didn't know you had. Cause I'm, I'm always, 
I hit it. I I don't know. I don't know. Like that's why in golf, I'm terrible at it because I, I only swing 100 miles per hour. I don't know the 50 <laughs> mile per hour swing. So that's the same. That same thing with music. I go hard, but sometimes it doesn't require that. And it was the first time in my career that I someone made me realize that you know what, you're right. I don't need to go ram this down there. Show this prettiness, sweetness of your voice. Show this, you know, this, this, this legend, this thing that people can't even put their finger on. And I was like, wow. So uh, yeah, this was a an album that only challenged ourselves because we took ourselves out of Christmas, but because we're doing music that I personally love and that I wanted to make sure that people felt just like we felt. They're like, oh, you're taking us back to a moment in life where this was great, where life was great. This, Ooh. I was on the beach with my girlfriend back then. You know, it's wow. just, it's one of those things. <laughs> Yeah, and it, me, me being the oldest one of the group, this is, you know, closest to my genre of music, not, you know, One Direction Jasper over there, you know. Okay. <laughs> so Jasper, <laughs> is, is he always this excited or is it just Yacht Rock that does it? He's actually really shy most of the time. Oh, I don't come know. on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I will say, but to answer, to also answer your question, I think, I don't I don't know in terms of places that, that it took our voices that I didn't necessarily think we could go, but I think another aspect of it was just, it like, for me personally, it, it helped train my ear even more too, because there's, there's such tight harmonies, you know, in all of that old Ambrosia stuff. Um, you know, as we were tracking that, that biggest part of me song, you know, Tyler was like, okay, this is your note right here. And I was like, is that note even in the chord? I don't, I don't even know. Are they even hitting that note on the track? And, you know, hearing it in context of, of everything, it's like, oh yeah, of like you wouldn't have that sound without that that odd dissonance in there, and so it just it it grew me in in just my ear training and and how I hear music structurally just working on this genre. That was going to be my other question, John. We always talk about how the well, even like Bill Champlin and Steve Lukather will call it growing up chords, right? So I was going to ask you guys yeah. if you, you learned anything new about voicings that you were like, not that you guys aren't you know accomplished musicians already, but it's like you hear things that you're like, hmm, I didn't ever hear that before you guys should have done peg and, and see if you could have worked that one out <laughs> oh mm-hmm. well that that's the point of this album so this is this is this is to put our foot out there with this album seeing what the reaction was and people loved it we have a whole nother list of yacht rock songs right after this and yeah so <laughs> that you know peg is definitely one of them i look i grew up a huge steely dan fan um i i mean i've grown up hollow notes you, you name it you know uh Dupree, we 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 touched on a lot of them, but there's so many that we didn't touch, and I think it's more of we wanted to do the most popular ones first to get get to people, and then there's some that you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, because we're doing Lido, you know, Lido was, but you know, for me, I I I wanted to do uh, uh, uh what's his other one, uh, uh, uh Boss Get Lowdown, that was the Lowdown. one, that was the one, oh out. yeah, that, that's that, good, that, you know, that down. Damn, now that's another one we can add, you know, but but I think it's gonna be tough. Da, 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 da that you know doing all those stuff we want to keep those things natural but we ran out of time but we 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 love that we have so much more to hopefully people love it so we can come out with yacht rock too the boat is still going down or something you know whatever (laughs) oh you've already got (laughs) you've already got a pun built in all right (laughs) wow there's no shortage of puns Uh, i I have noticed that and there's no shortage of puns on this show so trust me we know so tell us about uh you managed to uh, rope in a yacht rock legend on the uh, totem toto medley tell us about that yeah we played uh we were we were over in was that thousand oaks um playing there in in december he came to the show didn't didn't even tell us he 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 came to the show he bought his own seats he sat in you know in in the middle 
And next thing we know, Randy's on stage saying that David Pesh from, from Toto is here. He stood up and we're like, holy crap. Are you, are you serious? Yeah, David Page we're talking about for those that are uh, coming in. Yeah, cold. Yeah, David Page of Toto. Go ahead. Yeah, he came backstage after after the show and met us and talked to us. He was just the nicest, the nicest guy ever. And uh, I think what was one of the first things he said, uh, he was like, hey, I, I liked your Toto song, but why don't you do uh, one that I wrote next time? <laughs> And uh, <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> and uh, so we were like, "Hey, let us know." Like, yeah, we'll do we'll do whatever song if you want to come do it with us. And uh, we so there we started talking to to him and his team, and it just kind of went from there. And super great guy was really involved in the process as well. Yeah, I mean, we went to his home. It was awesome. It was just it was really cool. we recorded in his home studio where where all of the total hits were, were written and, and performed. So he yeah. has a piano and all the things. I'm like, we're just walking into history right here. And he's yes. just, just a humble guy that he's just happy to be singing with us. So it, and the whole time that he has guests over there, he's just saying, you should see these guys. No, we don't have that many Grammys on the piano. Actually, we have none. <laughs> uh, so you're that guy. Uh, but prior to David, we had we had he a was chance. slumming it. Yeah. Prior to David, we got to work with Kenny Loggins which is also a really cool, 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 big deal. We worked with him uh, on a Christmas tune that he had written. Um, so uh, a couple of us got to go to his home, uh, and that was another cool experience. So we got to sing Heart to Heart uh, to him, and he was just floored that, you know, that his, his music is inspiring young artists like ourselves. So yeah, so two legends back to back was mm. kind of cool. I, I want to keep it going. Uh, let's get some more. Yeah. <laughs> well, Michael McDonald should be next on your list, I would guess. Oh, that's my man. That's my man. <laughs> yeah, I love Michael McDonald, man. Everything he does is is just gold to me. We had uh, well, I I've got we had a couple arrangements in the can of of uh, Michael McDonald that we didn't quite make this album, but we're hoping for a a keep forgetting uh, regulate mashup. Oh for yeah. The next one. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> oh, there is a baseline. Yes. 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 Let's see if yeah. Randy can handle some Lewis Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you mentioned the heart to heart. So there's a, uh, I don't know if I call it a short film or a music video that's out. So it's, it's at least a short film. Cause I think it's about seven, eight, nine minutes or long. So tell us about that. Yeah. Well, we, we well, heart to heart is the first single off of the album. So we thought, why don't we shoot a video for it? We, you know, usually we'll do like a lyric video or, a video that we're not in is just a boat and you, you hear the words coming up. So our management team was like, no, we're going to take a, take a swing. Let's take a big swing. Um, and we brought in a, a great Sasha. Uh, she was a great Sasha Levinson as a director. We all came down to Naples um, and got on a yacht and literally spent the day doing this, you know, two couple days, just making this video. How it was so fun. It was the first time I think we ever felt like rock stars uh, being on a mm. yacht. Um, Although they made us wear booties, we couldn't walk around with just our, our regular feet. So we weren't that big of oh. stars. Yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, we, we got to release it at the Fort Myers Film Festival right before a Jennifer Connelly movie. Um, and just with rave reviews, people loved it. And, you know, I never thought that we'd be in the filming industry. Um, but, hey, if this is how we're going to get there, let's let's keep it going. Let's do a, a heart-to-heart remix and make it 17 minutes. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. My my last question is um, you alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I just wanted uh, clarification. Live show is just the nine of you. There's no support instrumentation, or or is there any hocus pocus that you don't want to reveal? Well, the only hocus pocus we reveal <laughs> is that we're going to be you know touring with the group with groups like Ambrosia, who will be joining us on this tour uh, for some for some for some for some shows. Um, who else, Jasper? Uh, I think that's it for this run. Okay, this run. Yeah. I think uh, 
then David might join us uh, on some some things, you know, try to get Toto involved with some things. But yeah, Ambrosia on the ticket with us is, I mean, excellent. Yeah, what a wow. cool. Uh, so that's one up the sleeve thing people don't know yet. Yeah, in t- in terms of our show, it's it's what you see is what you get. It's nine guys on stage. I mean, we have a we have a wonderful front of house sound guy, Yonin. Uh, who who works his magic and turns our dumb voices into something people want to hear. But, all right. So my last question isn't really a question, but it's an opportunity to heap praise on you guys and then respond in any which way you want to. But I had two other examples of attention to detail in my notes that I wanted people to hear. So um, Jerome, you mentioned this feeling that washes over you when you're kind of in this mood and you managed to perfectly capture the mood of sailing with the guitar plucks but you do it vocally. So let's let people listen to when that. When it's not far down to paradise, at least it's not for me. And if the wind is right, you can sail away and find tranquility. Oh, the canvas can do miracles. Just you wait and see. Maybe believe in yeah, sailing is sailing is one of the ones that's going to be a huge hit on this album. Mike, uh, Mike did amazing vocal arrangement that's just sort of takes you to a different place. We're excited about that. You know, I think that that's that or there's the epitome of trying to take a song that you well know uh, and giving it just a little bit of a twist, a little bit of a touch. And, and like a lot of us have said, a lot of us feel this is the best solo he's ever laid down for this group. Um, so that one is a is a is a is a killer, folks. Sailing is definitely one of the best ones on the album. Yeah, I mean, Mike Lugan, Bill, he's uh, uh, unreal. I mean, I grew up. Before I knew the the Christopher Cross version, you know, who's a staple of Yacht Rock, um, I had heard, I think when I was growing up, I was listening to NSYNC back in the day, and they did a version of that too. And I think it was like 97, 98, something like that. And uh, that, was my, that was my standard. But when I heard, even when Mike sent, so how we, it works with our demos is Mike recorded every single part of this song, mixed it everything and sent it to us of just his voice doing every single voice part and i heard him i heard him lay down the solo on that song i heard that version i thought man if that doesn't go on the album and if that doesn't if that doesn't get the attention that it deserves there's no there's no justice in this world (laughs) yeah it's awesome it's awesome uh all right the last one so john knows very well that the only thing that i like better than a lewis johnson baseline in a jeff Picaro half uh, uh, shuffle half uh, halftime shuffle is the palm mute guitars. And one of my favorite songs of all time is Biggest Part of Me. And you managed to vocally capture the palm mutes and the beginning of Biggest Part of Me. Let it roll, John. <laughs> Who's plucking those things? Who's plucking that Fender Strat? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm singing a solo on, so I'm not me. Beautiful. <laughs> okay. Well, it's beautiful. Cool. Well, uh, this is awesome, guys. I really, I had way more fun listening to this album than I even imagined wow. I could. Even, even seeing the track list. John, you agree? Yeah. You know. <laughs> I'll be honest. Anytime I come into some new project they don't have familiarity with, and it has a yacht rock label on it, I'm like, uh oh, because there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of shtick and a lot of you know things that people do embrace. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's great live, but it always makes me wonder. Okay, what is the approach going to be? And you guys from 
song choice to arrangement to execution, A plus is on all three accounts. So thank you, love it. Newfound, newfound respect for Mr. Nick uh, checks notes. I can't pronounce that. How do you say his name? (laughs) Okay, we call him Yacht Rock. Yeah, Nick from Yacht Rock. Yacht Rock. Yeah, that's how he's on my phone. Yeah, we just have a genuine love for this for this genre, and we just we're glad that it it translated through. It did. Oh yeah, it did. It totally shines. Shines through, and uh, the album will drop when? Is it June 21st? Yes, correct. That's correct. And you guys are going on tour to support this. You said some dates with Ambrosia, maybe some other surprises to come, and that kicks off June 23rd, right? June 20th. I No, yeah, 20, June 20th. Yeah, 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 we'll be playing at uh, Wolf Trap in uh, Vienna, Virginia. Awesome work. Please pass our uh, thanks and congratulations uh, to the uh, other seven nights. Uh, but... Before we let you go, I'm going to do something so highly unorthodox, it might get me kicked off the podcast. Okay, I am inviting the gentleman to the lightning round. All right. Real quickly, I'm going to burn my float your boat and my buried treasure. So this is something we do after. Usually we let the guests go. But John, play the sound effect. Hmm. I was ill-prepared, but at least I had the sound. Yes, right. you did. Okay. Well, so this is a little quiz. I'm going to put my brother and co-host on the spot. They happen mm. to be the same person. Are you familiar with what Straight No Chaser has done with the 12 Days of Christmas? Yeah, actually, I am. Okay, good. So I, I was familiar with it a long time ago, actually. Me yeah. too. And so this is not no. the first time that the gentlemen have been found at sea, because no. at the end, they go into this awesome version, which sounds a whole lot like Africa. On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. On the twelfth day my true love gave to me Twelve drummers drumming like Olympus above the Serengeti Yeah, I mean, look, that's, that's, that's our famous song that got us the record deal, that got us where we are today. We have, I mean, Twelve Days of Christmas is something that we will have to live with for the rest of our career, and that's fine by us. You know, and if and if it was, if, if people want to, you know, if this is a tr- traditional Christmas song that they want to listen to every year, well, be our guest. We love it. I think it's it's kind of shaped our career to where we are. That we know we we don't take we take the the famous quote we use. We take our music seriously. We don't take ourselves so seriously. Cool. Well, then, John, with your permission, I'm going to do my buried treasure real quick, and then we'll let the guys go. I, I have no control. Go ahead. Okay. So I wanted to ask you guys. <laughs> I feel lost I, at sea. I couldn't do this without you guys here because I had to ask you something. So I don't know how familiar you are with the lore of After the Love is Gone and how that song came to be and how it was originally written by Bill Champlin, Jay Graydon, and David Foster. And then Earth, Wind, and Fire gets a hold of it, right? Well, we come to find out later after hearing the original Airplay version that the melody in the chorus that Earth, Wind, and Fire takes the harmony line and create makes that the melody but that was never the intended way to go so i'm waiting to hear your chorus come up i'm like which one are they going to do the original or the way the earth went to fire which way are they going to do and then i hear it <laughs> and it's like perfectly mixed 50 50 <laughs> you have way too much melody. time on your hands man yeah. jeez so with that in mind, my buried treasure, which I think we've used before, but let's do it again. The Jay Graydon version, which Bill Champlin says is the best version of After the Love is Gone.
So, guys, was there ever any thought to that, or did you guys just do it the way Earth, Wind, and Fire ripped it? I believe I, I, that's a question for Walt. Uh, Walter, who is the guy that arranged that song, look, the one thing I would give these arrangers is that they they do their best to make sure that you're going to listen to this song somewhat different from what it's supposed to be, what it's supposed to sound like. I had no idea that that was the case, uh, Tom. So that is a question I definitely want to ask him because that that's, that's, that's profound. I didn't know that. Um, and, and knowing, you know, earth, wind and fire, one of my favorite groups of all time. I didn't, I did, I did not know that they used that melody as a harmony. That's yeah. pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah. We have that actually from both sources, from both Jay and from uh, Bill on two separate occasions. So, wow. but they each said, one said that, uh, that that was Maurice White singing it. The other one said it was Philip Bailey. Phil so. Bailey. Yeah. They couldn't remember who was singing the higher part though. <laughs> so, all right, cool. Well, thank you for indulging me, John. And thank yep. you guys for doing this, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Had a ton of fun. Good luck with the album. Good luck with the show. And maybe you'll come back with on the rocks too, or whatever you're going to call it yes sir that's what that's the that's the plan thank you tom and john for having us and we really hope that your listeners will go out and enjoy our music uh and make some new fans so straight no chasers yacht on the rocks here it comes at you yeah that's it thank you guys very much we appreciate it well that whole thing was a lot more fun than i uh, anticipated going in both the interview and the record itself yeah you know it's amazing what you can do with the human voice i mean it, it, that yes. cannot be understated how much they've done with the human voice above and beyond being able to sing and harmonize it 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 can't be undersold the coolness of the drums and the bass and the guitar fakes and all the instrumentation that they do yeah absolutely it's like bobby mcferrin on steroids meets manhattan transfer ah yes that's not bad i also just heard uh the longest time by billy joel which is like a early precursor to this as well okay good yeah so and of course longtime listeners to the podcast will know that i'm quite the proficient beatbox when it comes to illustrating the bass lines of Yacht Rock. Yes, and we talked about my ability to do drum fills. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yes. Well, we're already uh, halfway into our lightning round, so I'm going to uh, give you the helm uh-huh. to uh, steer the ship uh, to a, something that uh, you found at sea. Well, it's a good thing I have curated my own or their own specialized sound effect for Straight No Chaser. Because as we talked early on, they mentioned that they have no shortage of puns in their little realm. And of course, knowing from their name, their realm is punning on alcoholic beverage, Mm. or plural would be beverages. So I've got a list of their album titles. And as I said, I've (laughs) curated this special sound effect of uh, rocks glasses being clinked together. So here's (laughs) a few of their past album titles. One was called With a Twist. Under the Influence. Nice. The New Old Fashioned. (laughs) I'll Have Another. Mm. Maybe that was their second album. I don't know. One Shot. That's good. Uh, Open Bar. And here's a a specialized one for the pandemic era called, and remember, they're a Christmas band, at least that historically. Social Christmasing. I saw that that one. That was excellent. Uh, Of course, On the Rocks, which seems like the opposite of Straight No Chaser. I guess it wouldn't be, it would be Neat No Chaser would mean No Rocks. I guess guess so. No, Straight and Neat, I think, are roughly the same thing. Okay, so that's what what I found at sea when I was looking around at their website. Excellent. All right. So the uh, helm is still in your hands. Yeah, buried treasure. Give yourselves a rudder. (laughs) 
Uh, it's a good thing I got room for two sound effect bells on my desk here. Uh, yes. This one is, as we mentioned, you know, obviously Manhattan Transfer might be the first to come to mind in the Yacht Rock era in terms of vocal groups. So I went back and I wanted to pull a nice buried treasure for them. And we recently just spoke to Mark Jordan. So I wanted to pull one of the tunes that he wrote that was done by them. So this was done with his uh, longtime co-writer, John Kapek. And this is from 1983, the Bodies and Souls album, a deep cut from Manhattan Transfer called Soldier of Fortune. So there you go. Very deep cut from Manhattan Transfer or Manhattan Exfer if you're looking to make a shortcut. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Okay. Uh, but that sounds like it's just post Yacht Rock and just pre whatever that next sound was going to be with the heavy synth stuff of the 80s. Yeah. In 1983, so technically not post, but I hear it in the, the sort of that marimba synthy thing. I wonder yep. if that's the yep. same thing that uh, Steve Percaro used, that Yamaha CS something or other that he told us. And we hmm. thought it might have been a DX7, but the DX7 hadn't come out yet. So I wonder if that was yep, that synth. Be. Okay, so now that we've screwed up our snake draft, who what goes next? I think I'd like to have a turn. And I then bet you, you only have. Off, I'm going to take us way off the map because it has nothing to do with okay. uh, vocal groups. But it um, goes back to our M. Griner episode. Um, I think I told you one time I spun that record and then just let the Spotify algo do its thing. Right. I did it twice, actually. They were two dramatically different experiences. Hmm. The second time, it was more like kind of singer song, female singer-songwriters from the 90s. Huh. But the first time, it got me down this rabbit hole of like what I would call my Funkin' Jams, which is a common, like a fusion of funk, jam band, jazz. Um, it, it was so cool. It was mostly instrumental, and I have no idea what Spotify was doing, but <laughs> I stumbled upon this tune that I never knew existed, and it's from a Christopher Cross album called Take Me As I Am from 2017, which I don't even think I knew that album existed. No. Well, but the, yeah. go ahead. So go ahead. this, okay, I'll just give you the name of the tune. It's got Will Lee on bass, um, and I think it's Christopher Cross himself doing the electric guitar. You hear some electric piano and some sax. It's kind of yacht jazzy, but kind of funkin' jamsy. Here's Baby, It's All You. <laughs> Yeah, so very nice, very smooth. Uh, again, that's Will Lee, one of my other favorite bass players. That oh, yeah. mentioned in Yacht right. Circles. And then drummer Keith Carlock. Yeah, Keith is kind of a latecomer maybe to the association of the West Coast guys. I know that he toured for a lot of years as the um, touring drummer for Steely Dan. He also played on Toto's 14 album. And I know is currently touring with Christopher Cross now. So he is related, but probably well past the years of the yacht era. Yep. Well, check out that album from 2017. The final track on it is called Alva in memory of Rob Muir. I'm oh, not sure if I'm saying cool. that right. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's okay. interesting in and of itself. 
Cool. All right. Well, what do you have for uh, off the map? My off the map actually comes from 2023, and it doesn't so much relate to Yacht Rock, again, off the map, but it sort of relates to vocal group because of some of the things that is going on in this song that I don't think this guy is doing vocal group kind of stuff. It's uh, 2023, Drew Love, who's sort of a hip-hop or R&B guy, and he did a cover of Culture Club's Karma Chameleon. And now, before we play it, what's interesting about it is that it starts off with kind of just whistling and ukulele and vocal, solo vocal. And the ukulele and the vocals, there may be some auto-tune in the vocal, not a lot, it's pretty natural, but the, even the ukulele isn't perfectly tuned and it's not played perfectly, so it sounds very real. You know, I don't I don't mean that as a negative. I mean it as you can tell that it's real. I'm someone who doesn't know how to sell the contradiction coming. And then when the thing gradually builds out and gets big, the vocal layering gets really big. And then at the end, when we get to the very, very end, it actually drops out to acapella. So in that way, I just heard that uh, actually standing in line at Rite Aid at the pharmacy, and it just <laughs> caught my ear from the speakers, came home and looked up who was doing a cover of Karma Chameleon, and uh, eventually got to hear the whole thing. And it, it's quite good. It's quite interesting. Very interesting. So that happened since we interviewed Straight No Chaser? No. No, it, it okay, happened probably, the, it may have been the day of, but it, it's only been about a week. Yeah. Wow. So Very interesting. Yeah. Worth checking out. I have no idea what the rest of Drew Love stuff is like. I was purely looking for this song, but it stays very true to the original with its own flair. So I, I really appreciated that. Right. Very cool. Well, I have an idea for you because there was two of them today out of nine. Yeah. There's two of us. Mm-hmm. So see if you could take this and make it sound like nine guys harmonizing. Ahoy, Paloy. Oh, I, I can do it. Ahoy, Paloy! 